Welcome to Healing the Spirit, a space where we awaken our creativity, deepen our connections, and remember who we are through the lens of astrology, archetypes, and art making. I'm your host, Jonathan Coe. In today's episode, I'm joined by my friend, Rebecca Paget in conversation. The two of us met when we were both studying astrology with our mutual teacher, Britton LaRue, in an astrology course called Charting Your Course in 2020. Let me start off by reading Rebecca's bio in order to introduce her to you. Rebecca Paget is a tarot reader, astrologer, visual artist, and dedicated student of divinatory and intuitive practices. She lives and works in a century farmhouse near Warsaw, Ontario. Her attraction to all things mystical began in childhood. From a young age, she felt a connection to something more than what she could see and feel in this physical world. As her intuition developed, so did her sensitivity to the energy of others here and on the other side. Inspired by her family lineage, she undertook an intensive period of study with a variety of internationally renowned teachers, astrologers, and tarot readers to clarify her own experiences, find her voice, and refine her ability to share her intuition with others. She takes great pride in being able to reflect that knowledge to each person who comes to her seeking answers and guidance. For this particular conversation, I knew that I wanted to explore something that Rebecca and I both shared in common, which is the intersection between magical and artistic practices. At the core of our conversation, we discussed how art making and mystical practices can connect us deeper and help us with healing our inner child and how it can also help us with working with our inner critic a topic that we both know quite well as two Virgo Risings. Mm -hmm. And we also spoke about the ways we can honor our lineage, specifically through our practices. Rebecca has a stellium in Libra in the second house, and she shared some pretty incredible wisdom about the second house that really helped me understand this astrological house a little bit better. I absolutely love being in Rebecca's kind and grounded presence. To me, her voice is a deeply magical instrument and it truly amplifies her integrity. Both in conversations and in readings, everything that Rebecca shares always seems to come from this heart-led space. I'm really excited to share this conversation with you and I think that you will fall in love with her too. All right, let's get into it. Here is my conversation with Rebecca Paget. Well, hello, Rebecca. Thank you for being here with me today. Hello, Jonathan. It is such a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, I've been so looking forward to talking with you. Um, 
I'll probably introduce you a little bit in um, the intro to this episode, but you and I met when we were both studying astrology with our mutual teacher, um, Britton LaRue, and it was it was a beautiful and like kind of a longer term uh, container. So I feel like I really kind of got to know you pretty well. And I feel like we kind of grew, you know, together as astrologers from that container. So I'm super excited to be here and to, yeah, to learn from your wisdom. Oh, thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, I'm also so thrilled to be here. And yeah, that was such a beautiful container. And um, it was really such a turning point to, you know, be so, feel so fresh in that class. But then everything that's happened since, it's just like, wow, that was totally a moment that was, uh, for me, meant to be, you know? Yeah, totally. Actually, I've, yeah. I'm curious if we can start there. I, I'm, I want to hear more, yeah. you know, both as a friend and um, as someone who is in this space together with you. What has emerged for you after uh, that container or after learning astrology? Mm, yeah, um, well, so much, really. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I think there's other people in the class that felt similar that we were all just sort of, you know, testing the waters or it was just like this container that felt like a starting point, but to, you know, we don't know where or, you know, not taking it super seriously at first. So mm. to the now be here to look back is like, wow, well, like I'm doing it and I'm an astrologer now and I'm doing readings and, it's it's been such a beautiful um that was such a great foundation to now um be here where it's just you know it's like a taking off point in the journey so i've you know studied some evolutionary astrology with sabrina monarch and i did some foundations work with um rick levine um, and then many classes and courses, um, you know, Ann Ortley and Demetra George. And, and now I'm sort of finding my way of like how to make it more um, personal for me, you know, yeah. beyond the foundations and sort of seeing where, you know, the directions I'm leading into. And I'm in this interesting place right now where I'm after doing so many readings, it's it's sort of evolving for me in the realm of, you know, using the intuitive gifts and how that threads through with even, um, you know, clairvoyance and mediumship. And I'm really interested in, in that world right now with working with folks and to see where those pieces sit in the chart and how to bring that into readings more. Yeah. Um, with Kay Taylor is someone I'm working with uh, with that. So it's been cool. It's such a journey still. Like it still feels so fresh, but um, it just keeps going, you know? Yeah. I love hearing that. So one question I like to ask folks who are in this space with me is I kind of want you to pinpoint, you know, maybe paint a picture of who you feel, know, or sense yourself to be 
in this moment in your life? And I feel like you answered that question a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to hear from you, you know, really in this present moment, who is Rebecca? Mm. <laughs> okay, I'll do my best here, Jonathan. <laughs> Because that was kind of a wild summer. Wow. <laughs> it was a moment I didn't know, but it's becoming clear now. So, um, hmm. I mean, I definitely feel like the last little while I've been able to, um, you know, with everything going on in the world, it's just really has driven me to the place that I feel that I've always wanted to be. So, even though I may be, um, not super confident in this space yet I am really thrilled to you know be in this space of um, an artist I would say that I'm an artist and then an astrologer and now a channel and mm -hmm. and it's sort of my those are my three tiers in my world that I feel are just so um, deeply important to me and and always have been I've just um, haven't been able to express it. Yeah. So I feel all of those things and I just want to go there and indulge and just uncover and illuminate um, just as much as possible and, and just keep opening and, and opening my heart in all of those areas that, yeah, they're just, they're me. <laughs> yeah I love yeah. that I love that and I really resonate with that too I feel like mm. you know when I was tuning into our conversation today the image that I was receiving was that you were kind of breathing something into being you know and maybe that you're maybe breathing yourself into being but I don't know Would would you say that you have a you have an understanding of what you are currently breathing into being at this moment? Maybe not a full understanding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's okay. That's just kind of the world that I live in, you know, to not yeah. try to understand. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just feels like... To truly, I think I'm sensing like stepping into my son fully of this, um, you know, Virgo son, right? Of this really being able to be of service and help folks in the ways that I've been wanting to, I think, my whole life. So there's sort of that piece of it. And then, you know, there's how I get there, which is, you know, through my artistic work and through astrology and tarot readings and being visible and using my voice. So these are all things that um, are in that realm with me. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Absolutely. I, yeah. I want to um, point out to you that I've always felt that you have such a magical voice I really enjoy your um, sun sign videos on Instagram and I would sometimes listen to them you know you you release them at the start of every um, 
sunshine season and I would just wake up to them basically because by the time I wake up you know there you are and there's something about your delivery there's something about how you receive and transmit information that I feel is so magical and is so um, connected I'm curious if your relationship with that receiving of information and that kind of clarity through your voice has that been is that something that you've cultivated over your life or do you feel like that's something that um that you've always had mm. well definitely um i've been cultivating it for sure but i do think it's something i've always had and you know, I have to bring in my upbringing here a little bit just to give a greater context that, um, you know, it's something that has just really come into play the last, you know, decade or so, uh, maybe even less time than that. Um, but I grew up with um, my a brother who was on the spectrum of autism and had a lot of learning disabilities. Um, as well as um, a mother who has suffered from depression and these, those sort of went together. Um, so being born as the second child um, mm. into that, it was very hard for me to um, feel like I could take up the space because it was needed for um, other people. Um, yeah. So it was just like, I was always okay, you know, because I was fine, you know? Um, and I say that with love, like I, I really, adore my brother and I think my mom was going through a very painful experience and I have compassion for her um, but then you know this these things in life do these things to us so I think that I didn't speak for a very long time and have always struggled with using my voice and like even in a classroom setting in high school or anywhere really it was actually very painfully painfully shy mm. um, so it, it's been through healing, um, I would say, um, probably I was taking, I took a yoga um, therapy teacher training, a 200 hour, um, a few years ago now, maybe five or so, and um, that was a place where we were doing these guided meditations, and that was a place where I really people were responding to my voice and I was like, wow, this, like, I, I didn't even, I, previous to that, I didn't even hear the sound of my voice. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. um, so there was something really um, in those classes. And then I ended up connecting with someone through that, that was um, into chanting. And I started to do that, you know, frequently with a group and, to actually um, tap into my voice through my heart, that was really, that's really been an opening for me and to really let go and to be in spaces where I don't care so much about what comes out or how I sound because I'm, I'm speaking through that heart space. So it's, that's sort of been the journey with um, the healing of my voice to then step into it. And it's interesting when you bring up the videos because that was, I, I knew that I wanted to do something. 
and um, being a sort of, you know, early, like, you know, baby astrologer, it's like, oh, there's so much amazing content out there. And like, how do you even start to dip in that world and you don't want to say anything wrong or whatever. So I was like, yeah. I just, I'm going to simplify this and start with the sun signs. Um, and at that point, I really started to embody astrology um, through the teachings with um, Britton LaRue. And that mm-hmm. was so helpful for me to, to bring it in the body. So again, I can speak through the heart with it. Yeah. Um, so those just came about. And like, I hadn't, like, if you would have told me that I was going to be doing these like videos with like being in front of an audience and using my voice, like, there's no way I would believe that. But now it makes sense. Like, I just did it. And I was like, okay, I'm doing this, you know. So here I am, um, you know, with three videos left to do. And uh, it's just been incredible. It's helped me so much to really heal that even more so being with you here today too yeah can you share a little bit about how um astrology found you Mm -hmm. so um i mean i i i did start with um i feel like tarot was my gateway (laughs) into astrology um and so it was sort of in the background, but not, but not really, you know, I would think about my own sun sign, but I didn't really know anything deeper than that. But then once I started to, um, yeah, really be um, learning tarot with teachers um, and really getting into it, then, you know, the correlation started to come in through the cards of like, well, you know, the chariot is linked to cancer, Hmm. the hermit to Virgo and um, et cetera, that that started to really resonate with me through the imagery. So, and then I started to listen to podcasts, sort of when podcasts came in and really started to, um, I just loved it. I mean, I live in the middle of nowhere. So to listen to podcasts of, um, you know, people from all over the world and talking about these topics that I love, you know, um, I can't go to the local coffee shop here and talk to a farmer about astrology yet, but, um, yeah. <laughs> hopefully you'll change that. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause I think they'd like it to be honest. Um, but yeah, it was just this, um, connection through the tarot that just brought it in. And I started to realize that I knew it planted the seed. I knew I wanted to go on that journey, but I knew the dedication it was going to take. Mm -hmm. Maybe again, that's my Virgo rising Virgo sun. Like I, you know, want to really know it perfectly. Um, (laughs) So, um, yeah, then it was just like, I decided that I was going to do it you know, probably end of 2019, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I've created, I created the space to do it. I had like left a job that I was committed to, um, and moved my practice home. So I had more space for these things. Um, and then I found Britain. So, and here we are, you know, Yeah. it just sort of happened. Yeah. Grateful. Was there a moment where you felt like yes, this path is meant for me. 
in your astrology studies or was it something that kind of unfolded um more organically mm. yeah it's really interesting i i think um you know the story is coming up for me um and maybe it threads into what i was just speaking about but there was this moment for me around yeah i can never really pinpoint it like nine ten twelve that i had this um really strong visual um come to me um as a young person in my room um and it was this connection to the sky and the stars and it was like that indigo starry night and it was just this like deep connection that I almost meditated on for a few years like it just would like come into my awareness when I was in my room by myself at night mm. and I lived in the country so I could look out at the stars and just but it was it was a deep knowing that I experienced so when I then dropped into astrology more that experience started I started to understand it. It's like, oh, I've actually carried this for a long time. Right. So was, there was that sort of connection there. Um, but I have to say that it's taken a while for me to develop the confidence and to realize that, you know, each astrologer has their own way of doing this and their own voice and what they're here to share and to really know that, I am a part of that too, you know, and I am a star in the sky like you, and we're just here to be who we are, you know, and that that's in the form of astrology Yeah, for me, you know, and you and, and in that way that's authentic. And like, I think the more I'm realizing, the more authentic you are to yourself and then sharing that, um, you know, your people will find you, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think what was so striking to me about what you just said was this idea that I've been working through as I am beginning to take the responsibility, I guess, or beginning to explore mentoring people who are learning astrology is that there are as many types of astrology as there are astrologers and that it's a very mm. diverse field and some of us may come from the same lineage or learn from the same teachers but especially i think in this age of information overflow there is just so much you can do there's so much information to sift through but at the same time it's an it's an ever-evolving field and it's always emerging into something else, right? And so, in a way, the North Star is you yourself, you know, the astrologer themselves. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And to start to trust that, mm -hmm. you know, to let yeah. go of... Even I have to say, you know, there was at one point where I was studying so much <laughs> and I feel like you can relate to that with that Gemini MC. Absolutely. Um, and this year I've sort of, you know, it's been more about how to step into that, to that trusting of my own North Star and knowledge and voice, right? Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so true. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about your moon because how I've um, begun to see the moon is that the moon is kind of the body that we have and it's the the manner in which we manifest things and perhaps even the quality of what it is that we manifest in this uh, plane. And so you, um, you are a Libra moon and I know that you're a visual artist as well and you had mentioned the tarot as being the gateway for you into astrology. And I'm curious if you want to talk a little bit about your artistic practice and kind of how that weaves into astrology for you and how that weaves into your life right now and perhaps even like the path that your artistic practice has taken you so far. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Libra moon. <laughs> what a journey we've been on. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting with this connection to astrology. Um, well, I mean, it's just so helpful to be an artist and to have a Libra moon, I feel like it just does this, you know, um, weighing of balance like it's just so internal like i just know how like in terms of and i have my uh libra moon in the second house mm -hmm. so it does feel even more body embodied or physical plane right how to take all those libra and qualities and then you know in the mind doing the mental shifts the weighing of the scales and then physically bringing it out into my hands and on paper or whatever the um, medium is. And so, you know, it's it's been really helpful for me to have astrology to see my art, art practice in, I feel, a more embodied way. Um, you know, I started... Um, I was, I've been an abstract, non-objective painter for over a decade, and um, it involved painting very large scale, um, lots of materials and lots of expenses and volume of paint and space. So, um, and I have Capricorn in the fifth house. Mm -hmm. So the way that I was doing it previous to astrology I would work um, my day job for probably honestly about nine months and just work so hard and everything that I earned would go into just basic living expenses and then paint, <laughs> wow. um, which was, um, I did that for definitely for 10 years, lived like that in terms of just the devotion to it. Like I feel my Virgo-ness coming into that as well, but also mm. that Capricorn really thinking it it could only be this one way. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, since learning astrology and at the same time that I decided to step into the astrology fully, um, I had, I was having my last big show and I knew that I was take, I was going somewhere else. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. And so when that happened, I had a, I had about a year or two where I didn't know what I was doing in that realm. And I felt so lost and I, but I was also allowing myself to have the time off and to explore other um, materials besides paint. And I got into some resin sculpture and, um, and honestly just taking a break from painting because it'd been such a part of my identity for so long um, that that space was really needed. So I would say this past year, 2021, I've come back into it and I've really allowed myself, I think because of how much astrology has helped me to be more embodied, you know, there was something about the past on how I was doing that, that felt unsustainable for me, but also not as pleasing as it could be. Like I was trying to, um, you know, go by the rules of the the sort of typical art world to, you know, you at least produce one show a year and you're giving a certain amount of, um, you know, putting a lot out there in terms of production. Yeah. So um, now um, I just give myself, it's not about any show, <laughs> you know, and I'm just, I'm I'm living in this, I'm living this artistic life and that's so much more fulfilling to me than being so out there with it or receiving feedback even like I don't even care anymore like I've just given myself this total freedom and I think it's through seeing how my art practice is also connected to everything else I'm doing with astrology, um, but also my own healing. And it's more of like everything is threaded together now and it's less separated from, you know, life, work, art. And now it's like all together. So um, I know that's a long-winded answer. I hope it even answered the question, but it's, uh, and I mean, the work I'm doing right now feels so me and I'm, and I'm, it's not ready even to be out yet. I just am experimenting, exploring. Um, But what's coming in is just like crazy and awesome and feels like it's been in my inside for so long. I'm getting to see myself through my work. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a really exciting place to live right now. Wow. I am. I, I'm just getting chills hearing you talk about oh. it. I <laughs> love it Jonathan. so much, and I'm so excited to see them. Um, I do want to point out a few things in your chart that I think is kind of worth, you know, sharing with you. Um, your fifth house, right, which rules um, creative self-expression, romance, is ruled by Capricorn, as you mentioned, and the ruler of that Capricorn is. Uh, Saturn in the second house, right, exalted in Libra, which is also ruled by Venus. So it almost feels to me like there's this connection between abundance and art and beauty. And it almost feels like what I'm hearing from you is that you had to somehow take this detour into astrology to perhaps retrieve a part of you 
that then helps give you that access, that embodied access into beauty and what it means to truly embody that abundance. And I'm not really talking about abundance just in terms of maybe money or possessions, right? But really like an inner abundance or maybe even inner treasure. You have Pluto right next to your your Venus and Pluto, you know, as much as we have all these scorpionic um, associations with Pluto, Pluto is also um, sort of the god of, of hidden treasures. And so I feel like for you, it's almost like as you tap into that deep well of pleasure that you have always had inside you that somehow this work is like bursting forth and yeah i'm just so like it gives me chills you know hearing you talk about that mm -hmm. and i'm curious if you are also making sense of how the astrology of 2021 has assisted you in that process especially with the saturn uranus square that's been hanging out for us virgo risings in uh our sixth and ninth house mm -hmm. oh yeah <laughs> yeah for sure i mean it's uh it's just been really powerful you know and like no choice like you are mm -hmm. going there you yeah. know, and so why not embrace it? <laughs> why not embrace it and just um, allow it to just crack you open even more? Like you don't have to be afraid, you know, just yeah. that Pluto piece in there. There's always this, you know, and Pluto um, is close to my moon as well. Mm -hmm. So Venus and moon conjunction. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I live in, in that space a lot of the time and how to, how it, how it is a very private space for me, but then with my art practice, how I can get in there and like access it and then share it now in a way that feels vulnerable, but it's like, you can't not share those gems and jewels it's just so exciting you know sparkly Absolutely. it's just like you can't put the lid on it anymore yeah. <laughs> it's just let it out yeah totally. yeah it's it's been amazing you know as hard as this year's been i think um the not knowing and the constant layers and layers of it keep opening and not knowing and just this constant flow of that um yeah it has been hard for me and it's maybe because of that the the libra stellium in the second house you know i really love that grounded approach or even with the the sixth house aquarius that's been so activated in that restructuring of my day-to-day -day, um has been challenging but um it's really for the better, you know, the restructuring that's happening for me personally yeah. in that realm and how that helps me then um, access. I would say this year that it's also brought in, like you were speaking of earlier, of that, that channel. It's really cleared that for me and helped me to understand how to truly 
bring that in and, and work with that in my readings, in my artwork, in my life. It's just daily now yeah. to bring in that higher knowing. Right. Yeah. I want to pause there because I think there's something really profound about the idea of consciously cultivating oneself as a channel especially for someone like you who's essentially you've channeled art throughout your entire life before you found astrology or before before you found the framework of this shall we say mystical language were you aware that you were channeling or was it just something that you mm, yeah i'm curious to hear about the contrast of like before and after you have the language um around channeling whether you felt like it was channeling or if it you contextualized it as something else yeah wow yeah, I mean, I think that there were times where I knew that it was channeling. Um, like, for instance, even when I was speaking of how I had, you know, I painting practice for 10 years and it was sort of more this very structured thing. When I was, you know, I would work that day job and work so hard to have probably about a month of painting, you know to do it and that's when I would channel mm. you know so it was this very much in these little spurts and I thought that it was fleeting and I thought it was something I couldn't hold or to um have the ability to that like knowing that I am the channel you know you know as opposed to it being this outer thing to yeah. try to you know even grasping I would say I would I would be grasping for it so it's it's much harder mm -hmm. when it's coming from that place um so no but i i think that you know as a child there was so much there that um you know this the sensitivities um such a sensitive sensitive child i was taking in so much you know and i wish that it really is the tools and the language that is it's just been transformative and so healing for this piece in particular for me yeah what's your sense of the state of the world at the moment you know with the pandemic and all the changes that are happening both externally and internally for all of us and how that shift right has initiated you into a deeper remembrance of your own nature as a creative being wow yeah um i mean it just feels like survival to a certain degree of like it's just it's been it's stripped away so much within us this last period of time um you know i speak for myself here but you know the other people in my life that i speak to and and the clients that i see i mean wow it's just we're not alone 
and mm-hmm. and everything falling apart or um, not knowing and being fearful, um, you know, all of those things, right? Um, and it is all of those things, but it's also, and I understand my, you know, privilege with speaking this as well, but it also seems to be this way of cracking open and getting to the core, like the absolute core and of what's important and, and even the uprooting of what is not. And so it's just been this very dynamic time of uprooting. Um, I, you know, I, I do feel I'm concerned for people. Um, Mm. I think that's what's really been one of the major things is that has propelled me to come forward. I mean, I just, I want to help. I want to give people a different view or an overarching or, or like a, you know, a zooming out of like, this is a bigger picture. Yeah. I believe that mm-hmm. what's happening mm-hmm. and to just, you know, share that and to have conversations um, about that to um, normalize kind of like how fucked up it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's an interesting time, Jonathan. It sure is. I'm grateful, grateful to be here Mm -hmm. and to do this work. Yeah, Yeah. and I think we're ready for it too, in a way. Or Mm -hmm. if we weren't before, we are now invited to be ready for it, you know? It's like absolutely the yeah. only way out is to go in, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And we've been prepping for this, you know, mm-hmm. obtaining the tools. And um, now it's time, time to to use them and be out there. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that you mentioned just now, kind of really um, a moment ago, really invited me into considering the plutonic nature of the times that we're in right now. I found myself last night while I was making music realizing that if I didn't actively pursue uninhibited joy in my art making, there is absolutely no point in doing this. You know, and I think that Mm -hmm. there is such a Mm -hmm. it's it's a true waking up, I think, because um, when you were speaking about your own art practice and who you were as an artist before you started diving into astrology, there was something you mentioned about wanting to do it the way everybody else was doing it the way the art world was expecting you to do it and how perhaps that was not in alignment with who you are, you know, but, but that it almost is irrelevant, right? Like the way you go about doing that, because just the motivation of like wanting to fit into that bigger art world was never in alignment. And I personally 
have really felt that too. And I think that, you know, we are recording this during Scorpio season and probably folks listening to this is going to be way after this. So maybe it's a totally different energetic weather. But to me, the eternal um, learning is around this constant shedding, right? This constant shedding of who we think we are, who we think we need to be deeper and deeper into who we truly are. And I feel like, you know, I'm really curious to hear from you as a fellow Virgo rising, whether that's been your experience around your work in the world. For us Virgo risings, our 10th house is ruled by Gemini. And so there's this quality of the trickster, right? Of the... um the joker, the one that's always changing and how that's inherently perhaps not in conflict, but just a different face than what our Virgo rising is usually um, tapped into, right? Like when we think about the Virgo energy, the Virgo energy kind of edits down to the bare essence, whereas Gemini... Um, pollinates and like there's this kind of and and what i've noticed you know from from your story and knowing you as a friend is that this true desire to know yourself and to live a life that's authentic to you it's also led you towards more diversification of how you show up in the world like you end up showing up in the world with many different tools and it's almost a rejection of any sort of um, niche way of being in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yes to all of that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think that I used to sort of, well, just even like you're speaking, you know, referring back to how I was doing things previous to learning more about my chart and the Gemini um, midheaven has been really refreshing actually because mm -hmm. I think you know to to try to be fitting in this one box and it's just feels impossible you know mm -hmm. even yeah. to um, describe what I do when I work one-on-one -on -one with people it's like well there's many things we can do <laughs> absolutely you know i put in the box of astrology or a tarot reading but i mean there's so many things that we can do and i can give you tools for right so even just yeah. just trying to settle on that is something um and i think with the um and to to be um especially this year i think it has taught to like i'm just no longer trying to be in a box you know mm. um and no longer trying to like find myself i'm just allowing myself to just be that mutable be that mutable energy to um you know and i have my mars and leo in in the 12th house with my north node conjunct my north node and that 12th house and and being in that space of unknown right and just 
just living in that um, void place where I don't have to define it anymore and letting yeah. go of that and and that energy that I get back from allowing myself to just be is it's been really like brought a lot of um, gems to my practices mm-hmm. yeah 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 I'm curious if your private practice as in your own artistic and spiritual practices as Rebecca for Rebecca how is that different or is it different than when you are holding space for others or when you are um, creating work that's public well I mean there is like I take the um, energetic hygiene stuff pretty seriously in terms of my readings and the work that goes into prepping for that, um, not only, you know, to get a needle chart ready, but also just the energetics of that. You know, I take that very seriously mm-hmm. in the care of my body and those kind of things. Um, <clears throat> but, um, I mean... Like I said, it does feel like I'm. It's 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 all more connected than separated now. So, um, you know, even though when I'm getting into my art practice, just as I would get into a reading, I I'm doing the same similar ritual, pretty very much the same of opening up that channel, you know, yeah. and inviting in those who want to um, work with me, muse with me in these spaces, um, you know, in a protective way, obviously. Um, yeah. Um, so, I mean, again, it does feel like I'm sharing that similar, deeply personal space that I would be in when I'm doing my work that I'm doing creatively, but as well as when I'm in um, session or reading with someone, we it's that same space. It's that same space that I think about when I was 12 years old in my room, you know, in that sort of starry night meditation that would just come to me. So it's just really interesting. It feels like, again, that 12th house, that way of being in that liminal and how to, you know, we don't even have to use words. We can just be there and it's so beautiful yeah Yeah. i love that you've spoken um quite a bit about this inner child version of you and i'm curious to hear how the different transitions in your life have changed your relationship or perhaps even deepened your relationship with your own inner child And over the years, have you found that your inner child wants to be included in how you make art and how you hold space and how you tend to your own spiritual practices? 
Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, especially with the art practice and, um, you know, this piece with the sort of the, the new artistic sort of approach that I have now. Um, I mean that the inner child is like, I'm basically just given her free range, you know? Um, one of my, my stories with that is that, um, as a child, all I wanted to do was play with sparkle. Like I was just obsessed with it and I just wanted to have my hands in it and to just rub it in the carpet, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And my mother, Ali Brasson, um, she was very particular about her house and how she liked it. So that just was not an option. She would see that aisle in the store and be like, Rebecca, we're going this way. Like you're not even allowed to go down there because she knew. Um, anyway, um, so now, you know, years later, um, at the age of 40, um, my work right now is just like I'm creating, I feel these like sparkle gem caves and uh, my studio is just covered in sparkle and I will find it in my house and like on my cat. And it just is like bringing me so much joy just seeing it around my house. Like I don't even have to be making this stuff. It's just like, I know it's in there and like rubbed into my carpet. Um, amazing. <laughs> so I, I, it's been incredible healing for my for my um my little self and my inner child to do the work i'm doing now and it's almost for her you know i think something else is evolving out of it but the space that i'm in right now as i'm creative creating it is for that part of me that really needed to just glitter you know oh thank you for sharing that with us oh my pleasure, Jonathan. It feels so healing to hear that because I don't know if this is for every artist, but I certainly feel like my art practice is always dedicated to my inner child. And yeah, and I think there's something so defiant about that, you know? You are creating something that yeah it's almost like a celebration of who you are against all odds you know and and a a deeper permissioning to remember this really fierce but also really mm, vibrant luminous and sometimes scared part of us Mm -hmm. yeah wow beautiful and the vulnerability with like opening that space for that is just, um, it's where the good stuff is. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that you see it that way. And I, I will take that with me because I really think that, um, you're reflecting that to, to me today, that it is, um, it is always that place to play, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Capricorn in the fifth needs a little <laughs> reminding, you know, structure there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. And yeah. I even have been wondering if our inner critic is simply um, 
the part of us that is afraid to be that very extra inner child, you know, because I think oftentimes our inner child is pretty extra. Our inner children are pretty extra. Like they like to be very crazy, right? Or just like not inhibited. And I think that the inner critic is what we've developed over time to protect ourselves from being hurt, you know, from tapping into that inner child. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that... um and it just um, numbs so much of the expression. Yeah, healing that is just so important, isn't it, Jonathan? It is. Yeah, so many levels. But to to actually see the reflection, like I'm 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 curious if you are noticing the changes in your music with allowing that to come in, or if you've always done that. I'm, I'm curious. Hmm. I feel like for me, the inner critic is always very strong. I have Saturn and Capricorn in the fifth house right next to Mars. So it's it's very strong and it's served me pretty well in life. And recently, a big eye opener has been keeping a journal for sing my own singing practice. So rather than just sitting at my piano and and starting to sing, I keep a journal to note down any thoughts that come up as I'm doing these exercises. And at first, I was really taken aback by how how much of a contrast that voice is when compared to the voice that speaks in my other journal, in my more, you know, emotional journal or um, my meditation journal is very different tone because when I look at my meditation journal, there's almost no criticism whatsoever. It's like I'm seeing unicorns, you know? Great. <laughs> Just yes. a regular Tuesday morning, right? <laughs> yeah. Pisces sun, no big deal. <laughs> Pisces sun, no big deal. It's like, yeah. of course, you know, what else are you going to see? And yeah. at the same time, when I look at my singing journal, it's like, oh, you sound strained on the higher note or something like that, you know, and, and I was really taken aback by that. So I consciously harnessed these, these voices, right? I mean, first of all, it's really about for me acknowledging that um, a lot of those voices are not even mine and they are voices, opinions, of perhaps teachers that I've internalized over the years and that I've somehow adopted as my own. And um, and they show up. They show up in my own daily practice. And so allowing myself to not get stuck there and to, to go a little bit deeper, to go into asking, okay, yes, perhaps there are areas of improvement but what's already there? And also maybe what's worked even better for me is to notice all the ways in which um, these things are just sensations. Like perhaps, you know, oh, my throat doesn't want to go there now, which is very neutral when compared to 
that high note was really bad or something like that, right? And what I've yeah. noticed is that yeah. the practice of of um, shifting the the inner dialogue has actually helped me expand my ability to more clearly see what is going on when I'm practicing, as well as actually, um, and this is, I want to be very clear that this is not like in any way me trying to promote capitalist frameworks that you're supposed to be an expert or anything like that, right? But but really what I found is that my appetite, my desire for practicing and for making art, and my ability to make art for longer stretches of time, not that that's, you know, the goal, right? But it's it's actually expanded as I allow myself to mm, tend to the inner critic and then to allow, you know, a more benevolent voice into the conversation. Somehow, I am more excited about making art and I am more able to go into the places where I'm scared. I'm curious if any of that is resonating with you or what you would add to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think that it's interesting to be quieting the inner critic and how that gives you more capacity, right? Like I, I really feel that too and how to just sort of practice it and know it when it comes in and maybe put it in a place that's not at the forefront and how you can keep going and move through things and break down those barriers that maybe would have taken a couple years to get through or maybe you wouldn't get through them at all. But now it's just, again, the, that... Um, new way of um, going into it that gives it more freedom. Yeah. Absolutely. And more space to be kind of fucked up in a way too, like in terms of like, you know, getting a bit messy, you know, yeah, totally. letting it not be perfect because that's what takes you to that place where it's into a whole new dimension. And then you're like, well, if I didn't do get through that i wouldn't have got here (laughs) look at this place it's incredible so it's just a really interesting process that way and it does involve a lot of showing up and i think having that capricorn in that fifth house that is a gift to that is like yeah the showing up is just the the easy part in a sense (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. Like, you know, obviously I've been through a journey with that too, but um, it's how to sort of quiet those, um, the strength of those voices so you can come into um, this more more healing even too. You know, I see my, my art practice as on that, it's that same level as healing. It's one of the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Do you think that holding space for others and tending to others through the lens of their birth chart has 
shifted your own personal relationship with both your own birth chart as well as your artistic practices. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that... Um... It's just such a, um, just such a pleasure, such a gift to sit with people with their chart and to be witnessing them and to have them be seen and to hold that space is, um, because I think that every time I show up in it, there is always an exchange. Like, yes, it's for this other person, but you're connecting with this part. Like there's this bigger thing that's happening, I feel, Absolutely. within even the exchange of that, right? So, um, and again, feels like that same space that I'm holding for my, my work as well, because it like my, my craft, my, my art practice, um, connecting on, you know, dimensional layers, like it's, it feels so, um, much more than just, just a reading, um, Yes, I think it's really helped to have, um, it's really grounded me in just like, you know, um, just being another human, you know, mm -hmm. seeing the humanness and, and relating and um, not taking myself so seriously, you know, <laughs> like, especially when it comes to the art practice, it's just like, get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same with the astrology, like, you know, yeah. just put it out there like yeah you know so it's it's really interesting in that way that that's been um humbling for me in these um spaces of of relating with other people through their chart and seeing what others are going through and it's just it gives so many different perspectives but again yet connects us all and reflects you know we we reflect and mirror one another it's um it's incredible absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah i think that um as you were speaking where my mind was going was the ailment of our modern existence to me or at least one of them is how deeply we identify with um, or perhaps we misidentify things outside of us as ourselves like we often think that our experiences are ours and ours alone and that that causes a lot of blockage in how we move energy around because we become so paralyzed because we identify with the emotions, we identify with the pain, we identify with the things that have happened to us. But to me, one of the gifts of astrology, of archetypal language, is that it's almost a gentle but very sure technology that yanked us out of that too personal an experience, right? Not, not again, to um discredit what has happened to us but sometimes if we want to 
truly gain perspective, it's impossible to do that when we are completely entangled with our experience. And I think that the beauty of learning these languages have been, for me, the... It's not that I dissociate, because I think dissociation is something else completely. But I gain perspective, and I gain some distance. Um, I'm curious, you know, for you, whether the experience of creating astrology content has also been like that. Like, what have you learned from making those... um, sun season videos (laughs) yeah to get over myself for sure (laughs) that definitely has helped me with that like nobody cares (laughs) um yeah it's just been um and to get to get feedback and to connect with people through the videos and through what I'm speaking about it just yeah it's that connection that really you know helps me now I mean when I think about looking at the first video to their most recent videos like oh wow I do not want to do that like I've that I know I've come far and I just am not ready to do that right now but um yeah it's just um to be there for it and to not hang on to every word and to get it right. Like that's, that's not even really the point of it, you know, and in this bigger sense, like obviously I'm so into what I'm speaking about for sure. in these videos and astrology and and the technical part, but um, it's just more about, um, yeah, spreading that, that archetype in out in its time and how people are relating to it and to know that that knowledge and the way that I bring it out does need to be out there not for me personally even you know yeah it's Mm -hmm. that that um connection and that we are all in this together in the sense of like you know, other people feel what you feel and you feel what they feel. Mm-hmm. This, that energetic level, that's something I've been thinking about a lot and how it's so un, like it's, it's not spoken about. And I think it's such an important, important place. And I, and I, I hope to, um, bring more importance and awareness to that place as I continue to do my work. Cause I think it's just, um, you know, let's be in these places and talk about these energies that we're all feeling on some subtle level. Like it's just, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I hope that answers your question. I, uh, Absolutely. I've learned a lot doing these videos and I think I'm still reflecting on that. Um, but it's uh i'm happy to do it i went from fearing it to to being like oh this is just what i do now you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and i love seeing how yeah. um you've also invited in 
this dimension of embodying the different signs like with your makeup and with how you show up with what you're wearing and it's just i'm all for that <laughs> yes thank you jonathan yeah. <laughs> me as well i mean my libra stellium i just can't help but not um indulge and and have fun with the aesthetic like mm -hmm. it's just yeah it's just so fun yeah <laughs> yeah so i also wanted to be sure to chat with you about um how your artistic and your spiritual practices have connected you deeper into your sense of lineage and really when i mean lineage i don't just mean familial but it includes familial lineage as well but really like all the forces that um, have bestowed their wisdom and have maybe transmitted their wisdom down to us. Um, yeah, how, how have your sense of connection been transformed in this, in your path? Hmm. Yeah, that's just been such a big um, piece <clears throat> to um, to show up um, as an astrologer, um, as a tarot reader, as an artist, um, a channel, even. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's it's been it. Astrology has been so helpful to see where that actually lives in my chart. Um, so to see the stellium of, you know, Libra in the second house, I have, um, many, many planets there, um, Jupiter, Saturn, Venus, my moon, Pluto, and Vesta all live there. And so the second house has become this place where I'm like, what is that about? You know, there's so much going on there all the time. <laughs> and, you know, learning that the second house is like, you know, the gates the gates of Haiti, and um, also I, I sense into it as a house of embodiment, um, you know, to really that I am here to understand the past and what I've come here with, and those being gifts and, um, you know, things that, I, that I'm here to uh, learn and grow from and hopefully shift and change. Um, I think that going to those places and unraveling a lot of that lineage and also thinking about, you know, the ancestors I'm not even aware of, but I, but I sense and I sense the gifts that I've been given through that physical embodiment of the, the second house, you know, the, the ability that I can just pick up a paintbrush and I know what to do, you know, yeah. or that I can, you know, like when it comes to styling and aesthetic, like it's just like in, <laughs> in me, but also it runs so deep and so long. Um, and um, it helps me to, again, be in this space right now to feel that root system and to feel the pain even that has happened and the things that need to be 
healed as well as the gifts and to integrate those two um you know bring it into form even through my body and how i transmute that into physical objects or aesthetic whatever yeah readings channeling um mm -hmm. it's it gives me like strength in my legs <laughs> like in my body it allows me to be here with you and to speak freely and to just know that it's 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 been here for a long time all of that i hope wow. that makes sense that's so beautiful rebecca i oh. i'm still soaking that wisdom and especially what you said at the end about how it's been here for a long time i think that i've been questioning what I call the self-improvement tendencies in our culture. Because to me, it doesn't get to the bottom of it. Because ultimately, what we're all really looking for is to remember who the fuck we are. <laughs> and that doesn't happen when you're constantly trying to improve yourself. You know, and I think that As, as a Virgo rising myself, I feel like that realization is something that I came to pretty early in life. Like if I'm just trying to improve myself, if I'm just trying to, to solve this equation that is me, the, the actual, what's going to happen is the opposite of that. What's going to happen is more, um, I become more disembodied. I, I become further and further away from who I truly am because I think the process of remembering the self is Venusian. It's very much about remembering that we are a collage of all of these different things and it's about allowing the different parts to communicate with each other. And to not force them into a solid whole. And I think that that fragmentation in our culture comes from this idea that we're not enough. And if we're not enough, we have to constantly improve ourselves. And if we are constantly improving ourselves, we have no more energy left to just be. And I think that what I've learned from you this past hour or so is almost this embodied sense of just settling into who you are and that that is perhaps the most difficult work, but it's also so natural. Like it's just there and there's no exerting that's necessary. And at the same time, it also gives you enough energy to exert when, when it's aligned. Yeah, so wow. it's such a gift. Thank you, Rebecca. That is so beautiful. Thank you. That was so beautiful. It brings tears to my eyes, Jonathan. Wow. And I agree with you in that Venusian piece. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. And so, as we draw to a close, I'm... I'm curious if there's anything else you would like to to speak about. Hmm. Well, I, I think that I'd like to just um, speak about you <laughs> for a minute and just um, share with you the um, just the the love and gratitude that I have for you and um, to have met you through this process. Um, it's just been, yeah, I can't imagine my life without you now. And I know that we see each other online and through these screens. Um, but again, that energetic connection, I feel like I've known you for a really long time in, in some other dimension. So Likewise. I just, uh, I'm grateful for you and uh, the way that you use, you use your son in the seventh house in Pisces. It's just like one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced. So thank you. Thank you for uh, having me. Thank you, Rebecca. This was so lovely. I yeah. cannot wait until we share space again. I'm like, oh, yeah. I can't believe it's over. <laughs> I know. It was like we went into a dream or something, right? Oh, I yeah. feel like you really just brought this beautiful energy and wow i i feel like there's so much power and also like that libra stellium was really shining and i was just like entranced you know by like your energy and what you brought into the space so thank you oh thank you jonathan well that's it for my conversation with rebecca I hope you received nourishment from some of the wisdom that Rebecca shared within this episode. As always, you can find all the ways to connect with Rebecca on the show notes below. You can find her on Instagram at Mirrored Mystic, where you can watch her beautiful sun sign videos. You can also read more about her services on MirroredMystic.com. Rebecca is truly a multilinguist when it comes to mystical practices, and she's deeply fluent and skilled in many modalities. Her services range from tarot readings, astrology readings, and even creative intuitive reading. I've had the privilege of having Rebecca hold space for me in readings, and I just marveled at Rebecca's ability to dial in to the most important issue that I presented while also staying very present. I felt very seen and at the same time, deeply held. She's a really powerful healer. If you found this podcast or this conversation inspiring, nourishing, or helpful in some ways, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, or review this podcast with five stars or whatever is the highest ranking on your podcast app. If you think someone else will benefit from this episode, feel free to share with them too, whether that's on social media, with a friend, or with your community. Until next time, I hope you take good care of yourself and I'm sending you so much love. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.